The views expressed in the podcast you are about to listen to are the opinions of the presenter and the cast. None of us are official representatives of the companies we work for, and we are in no way responsible for what we say. If you are offended or otherwise afflicted by these opinions, please push the unsubscribe button in iTunes and go do something else. Welcome to the Animation Conversation podcast for May 21st, 2008. I'm Aldol Saksev and I'll be guiding you through the show. Today, as promised, we have an interview with uh, director, animator, cartoonist and Irishman Tom Moore. Tom is company director at Cartoon Saloon, which he started up in Ireland together with the Paul Young in 1998. Cartoon Saloon has been doing commercials and TV series ever since, and they are now about to finish up on their first feature film-length movie titled Brendan and the Secret of Kells. Before we start, I want to remind you to visit our site, animationconversation.com, and read our show notes. You can subscribe to the show by going to iTunes, search for Animation Conversation, locate our podcast, and hit the subscribe button. If you want to send us some of your hard-earned money, you could do that by going to our site and push the donate button. It will be at the bottom of every show note. If you have any questions, tips or anything else, you can email those to us. And that's at feedback at animationconversation.com. This is the Animation Conversation podcast, show number 6, recorded April 26th. 2008. Enjoy! So, uh, first, how do I pronounce your name? Tom Moore. Moore? Moore, yeah. And that sounds like something Irish? Well, uh, there's a lot of Moors in the world, but <laughs> the Irish... Yeah. Word for more means big, yeah. so it's a completely. I have to apologize about uh, telling the listeners that you're from uh, Canada. Yeah. But <laughs> there's more in Canada, but we're not. Uh, yeah. No. Then I then I opened the the web website and I it's like <laughs> IE or something like that. Yeah, dot that? IE for Ireland too. Yeah, that's, like, that's not Canada. No. <laughs> CA in Canada, so yeah. Let's uh, start off with your background in okay. the beginning. The very beginning, I was born. <laughs> Something like Somewhere that. in the north of Ireland. How did you get into the whole animation business? Oh, the usual stories. Like everyone says, they were into cartoons and stuff since they were really young. But um, I went to, went to the um, wanted to do comic books, maybe a little bit more than animation for a long time. But uh, was really interested in animation as well. You have done comic. Books. Yeah, I've I've done some comic books and I'm doing some more now again and. Uh, and it's sort of like illustration and design were kind of even interests in the early days of the studio with animation and stuff. So we kind of focused on that. But yeah, I got into animation. I went to Ballyferman Senior College, which was set up by uh, the Tom Blute Studio. I think more or less to train people oh. to work in that studio. Really? And uh, so you worked for him? 
No, never, because I, I finished just as they were closing down. We, oh. <laughs> we oh. finished college in 99, and uh, the Don Blute studio was kind of on its last legs. It had been through different owners, and they were making, I think, the Pebble and the Penguin, or whatever the last one was. Yeah. And he's uh, not doing anything anymore. He's, he in, he's in uh, America, and, and I think he's doing, like... Uh, trying to get Dragon's Lair feature off the ground or something the last oh, day really? but yeah when I was a teenager I was a really big fan of the Don Blue thing but I kind of um, kind of grew out of it a bit too <laughs> 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 kind of started to, to dislike it because it was so uh, of a certain time and style in America that wasn't yeah. wasn't very European or wasn't very unique in Ireland you know it doesn't really fit the, the new century no, no. It was a, oh, wow. I mean, I loved the the lushness, and I still love the secret of Nim. I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking yeah, it was an amazing movie. Beautiful. Animation is beautiful, and it creates a whole world. And I really love that about it. But as a as a style and everything like that, I just think it, it was uh, uh, not very inventive after a while. You know, yeah. No so. disrespect or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then. So we were in college and finishing up in '99. Myself and Paul Young. Set up the cartoon saloon as a way the to. The Paul Young? No, he is the Paul Young now, <laughs> but he's not the Paul Young from the 80s because he's. The Paul Young from the 80s, you reckon, was like Don Bluth. He was good in his time. It was the 80s and it was time for a new Paul Young. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, no, yeah, Paul Young. <laughs> it's quite funny though, people say, the Paul Young stiff. But, uh, um, so, myself and Paul set up uh, kind of out of our bedrooms. We were doing freelance jobs and b- bits and pieces for CD ROMs and the internet and stuff. And so we. We oh, decided to make a, a company. Time. Yeah, it was that time. Yeah, <laughs> 99, 2000. Yeah. And so around 2000, we made Cartoon Saloon Limited and uh, we moved down to Kilkenny. And Why did you start Cartoon Saloon? Uh, it was a mixture of... Uh, we had some uh, uh, funding to uh, try and develop the feature that we're still working on now, that we're almost finished. Someday yeah. we'll be finished. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were deve- it was quite, quite a different film. It was still about the Book of Kells and the main character, Brendan, was in it, but he was more like a secondary character. Yeah. We were developing that and making a trailer, and there was the enthusiasm of college. It was a nice group of people, all very talented. I was very lucky to go to college with some talented people. Yeah. And there was that enthusiasm to hold that group together and to try and, try and do something. So we, we had to, some space in the Young Irish Filmmakers building. They gave us some space. We had a little bit of money, not very much. I think it was like 100 Irish pounds a week to live on, but it was like a grand. And then on top of that, Paul and I were bringing in uh, internet jobs and CD-ROM jobs and stuff like that. And so there was enough momentum there at 22, 23 yeah. to say, yeah, we're a company and let's go <laughs> and make a studio. So it wasn't like an uproar to the whole uh, the, the, the business and the movies that were being made or anything like that? It wasn't a reaction to it. No, it was a reaction to the fact that otherwise we were going to have to go to England or somewhere further afield to get work. Because at the time, there was like some re- interesting and scrappy like studios in Dublin that were making a go, but they weren't able to offer a huge amount of employment, like Brownbag and stuff were doing. Yeah. Like they're really doing really well now. But at the time, they were just getting going, like just getting started. Yeah. And uh, they were kind of just surviving. And so like for us to exist alongside them, we had to do our own thing. You know? yeah. Yeah. How many other, uh, how many are you at the studio in now? In the studio now, there's like eight people. People. Yeah, like last year there was 75, and uh, that was really? great. Yeah, we had like 75 people, because wow. Skunk Fu, the TV series, was in production. Yeah, tell me about that. Skunk Fu went into, was developed by Aidan Hart, who was one of the founders of Cartoon Saloon originally. Uh, he came down with the rest of us, and he was originally uh, developed and directed the old version of the film that I'm looking after now, which was called Rebel. So he had worked on that, and then he was less interested in the project. It was... 
it wasn't going very fast and it was uh, evolving in a different direction and he started to develop skunk foo mm-hmm. which is a really really clever concept about a skunk baby skunk yeah i've seen some clips but i, I yeah it's not on the telly here or anything like he's that, he's so. um he's a baby skunk who was a dropped off in the pan in the panda's world in China because this stork is short sighted and thinks that he's a baby panda but he's oh, actually a baby skunk. Of course. And so there's a suddenly this little American animal in an old ancient China and uh, he's got the special power of his farts which yeah. are stinky. How's that doing for you? That's doing well, yeah. That in Cartoon Forum in two thousand and three it was a big hit. And Aiden and Paul D Paul Young Went to <laughs> went to Cartoon Forum and came back like you know yeah really victorious because everybody loved it and then it was a long old long drawn in process. How many episodes? There's fifty two episodes. Fifty two episodes. And they went into production in two thousand five, same as us yeah. in October. So how did you do the whole transition, like from from having eight people and then yeah. going up to like seventy five people and then back to eight? Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's really painful and we didn't want to do it. Like did you have any? Where did you like office space? Yeah, that was all that stuff, and that's still ongoing as a dilemma for us because we'd been in the in the Young Irish Filmmakers, which was an old orphanage that had been converted, and yeah. uh, Aidan and I and a couple of other people in the studio had been members of Young Irish Filmmakers as teenagers. Yeah. Met my wife there, oh. and uh, it's a nice organization, like a non-profit organization <coughs> for for kids to make films and stuff. And they were very cool, and we worked there for a long time, but we obviously grew beyond that space when the production started. So we rented some space in Kilkenny three floors of an old uh, Maltings, which had been converted. D. Kilkenny? D. Kilkenny. <laughs> D. Paul Young in D. Kilkenny and yeah. D. Tom Wood, not the Canadian one. Right. So, yeah, that's what we did. We had three, three floors going, and it was mad. It was really crazy, and it was, like, growing pains and all like that. And we, we did it, and that was really exciting. It was like being a little college again for a while. Yeah. And then we said, let's just keep maybe a nice team of about 30 people busy. And uh, it just proved impossible to, yeah. to keep the work flowing. This is, that was this is Ireland. Yeah. It's not the States. It's Ireland. It's not even Dublin. So yeah. that was the other thing we discovered that it was even quite difficult. You know, that we weren't in the capital. Yeah. So right now we're back. We're developing new projects. We're lucky enough to have funding to develop new projects. And when they go, we'll have to look at where we're gonna, how we're going to do it. But how did you get so many people to work at this place? It's fascinating, yeah, because we thought originally that we'd get a lot of the... Irish talent, the Don Bluth trained and the Murakami Wolf trained animators and stuff. Yeah, sorry about the background sound. It's not you. But um, we thought we could get a lot of those guys. And in the end, we had some, but not very many. And most of the talent came from um, France, young people, the animation nomads, you know, the people who were willing to schlep around and work for six months here and six months there. Hmm. And uh, a lot of Canadians worked on Skunk Fu and uh, a lot of French people and... Uh, so on, worked on, on Bremen. But you do a lot of commercials too, right? Yeah, we do a lot of commercials, but again... You still do them? Yeah, we're still doing them, but we do them when we can get them, you know? Like, yeah. when we first set up, we were mainly focused on uh, internet and CD-ROM stuff, and then the bottom yeah. fell out of that in 2001 or so. It just dried up. There wasn't really money in it anymore. It's not a big thing anymore, is it? No, it was just for a while. There was people putting money in. They didn't know how to make money out of it, yeah. but they were paying us to do stuff, and we were, that was cool. So we immediately started trying to do commercials, and... You know, we, we pitch for eight commercials, let's say you get one. So yeah. that's the that's the game. So it's not and consistent work, you know. On top of this you're mainly a two D studio. Yeah. We because just of our training of the main like myself and Nora or Nora Toomey uh, are the two main kind of uh, artistic directors in the studio yeah. and uh, our background is two D and uh, 
flash and stuff like that. So all our designs and everything are very 2D and flash. Yeah. So. Can you say something about the techniques you're using in the different uh, stuff you're doing? Like, um, it's uh, I, I watched through your website and saw some clips and, and it seems like it's a mix of flash and 2D and, uh, and stop motion. And uh, it seems like you're experimenting a lot yeah. with different techniques. Is Or, that something yeah. you set out to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. We wanted to play with stuff. I mean... There is a, it depends as well on who we have in the studio. Like it's funny. Like sometimes you'd have like there was a while we had like a young guy called David O'Reilly who's making a big name for himself now in 3D animation. But when he was like a teenager, he used to hang out in the studio, and uh, like he opened up a rise to what you could do with like Blender and stuff like that. And he oh. worked as a teenager. He worked in some of the commercials, and he would throw in a bit of Blender and a bit of uh, yeah. 3D stuff, and you'd go, "Wow, look what you can do with that!" You know, it doesn't all have to be. Bypack and <laughs> yeah. that's something that's starting to happen just now, right? Yeah, the whole mix of things. Yeah, well, we, from the very start, we were mixing stuff up. Like uh, Jeremy was the he's got his own company now in Galway, but uh, he was the special effects guy, and he always mixed up. Like even in ninety nine two thousand, he was mixing up flash and stuff with with two D. So yeah, but mainly everything has to look two D for us because most of our designs and stuff are based on two D. So even in kung fu. You see little bits are done in 3D and stuff, but yeah. I think they did it really successfully, blended it with the flash animation and the design looks the same, so yeah. something we're proud of. Did you at any point uh, consider doing the movie or the Kung Fu in 3D, CG? No, but it's something that's been floating around, of course, like in every studio we've been thinking what we need to do. Like I was saying, if we had if we if we had the opportunity, I don't think we'd have, been, we'd have any problem with going for it. It would just depend on the project and stuff, you know? Okay. Is there anything more you want to say about the movie? It's called the The Secret of Kells. Yeah, Brendan and the Secret of Kells. Brendan and the se Brendan and the Secret of Kells in France and Belgium and the Secret of Kells in Ireland. Oh really? Yeah, Why I did, is that? I I thought the title was a little bit long for an Irish audience. It seems more traditional in France to have these like the secret life of Amelie Pouchon and <laughs> you know what I mean? And then in Ireland everything's like really short and so the distributor agreed with us the distributor Buena Vista in Ireland felt that Brendan and the Secret of Kells was a bit like Scooby-Doo yeah. and the Haunted House you know strange so they went for the Secret of Kells even though it was a bit like everything's called the Secret of Something <laughs> we just didn't have a better name so that's what we did. Yeah, like a homage to uh, Secret of Name the Secret or? of Name yeah um, so uh, yeah anything more you wanted to say about that because it's coming out When? January, supposedly, 2009. It was yeah. supposed to be October 2008, but we've been delayed, so it seems like uh, January 2009 now. Is that going to be in Ireland? or In Ireland, in mm. Belgium and France, yeah, for definite. And then we sell you like dreams as a sales agent. Mm. And uh, they did quite a good job distributing or getting the triplets to Belleville and Persepolis and stuff distributed outside of the home territory. So I'm yeah. hopeful that they'll distribute it further. So this is co-produced with... Uh, Le Armateur, yeah, and the, uh, the film, yeah. So they were the co-producers, the Belgian and French co-producers on the Triplets de Belleville. Okay. So. Did you say something about the story, or is that no, like no, yeah, this it story is uh, uh, still about the Book of Kells. Brendan is the main character. He's a twelve-year-old orphan, yeah. and uh, he's never been outside the walls of Kells Abbey, which is in the center of Ireland. Okay. His uncle has saved him from the Vikings when he was a baby, and he's trying to keep him safe inside. And then uh, a refugee from the Vikings, Brother Aidan of Iona, arrives in Kells, and he's got the Book of Iona. And uh, when, a when Aidan shows that to Brendan, Brendan decides that's what he wants to be. He wants to be an artist, and he wants to 
uh, finished the book of Iona as it's called at the time okay. and then the story is basically Brendan breaking free traditional Hikiro's yeah. journey breaking free he goes outside of Kells for the first time into the forest yeah. I don't like, want to know the ending I won't tell you the ending but I t- it, it ends well you know <laughs> oh you spoiled it for me now. I'm sorry man Okay, so so uh, the, do you say something about the techniques you use to make the movie? Is that like a pure two D movie or? No, it's not a pure two D movie at all. It's a very strange hybrid. It's um, mainly two D paper and pencil animation for the characters, the main characters. Yeah. Flash animation for a lot of background characters and oh. dream sequences and stuff like that. Flash animation, three D CG animation for crows and lots of the special effects and things like that. Yeah. And. Uh, some of the people in the attack sequences are, are CG, but in an arty way, you wouldn't notice it. Yeah. And uh, there's a big CG monster and stuff. So, yeah. usual. Yeah. So, how involved are you in the in the process of making the movie, in the animation and? Yeah, really up to my eyes. I mean, I worked with Nora. You're the producer, or the producer, director. Yeah. And I'm the main director because I was like the creator and everything like that. But I worked with Nora Toomey, as my co-director, and. Uh, decided to do this sort of the Pixar thing of a director and co-director because I really needed the help. You yeah. know what I mean? So Nora... Do you have like a separate animation director or...? No, that was what Nora was doing but she was doing so much as well as that. Like she was helping with the story and the storyboards and the sound and she helped with directing the actors and everything like that. That uh, she was like director, co-director, team yeah. and we worked together like that. And so basically now I'm the last person on the project from Cartoon Saloon side right. and uh, the co-producers have got studios in Belgium and France working on it yeah. and so I'm really up to my eyes in the actual technical uh, nightmare of just pulling all the elements together from all over the world yeah. and I think at least 50% of my job is administrative going oh no you don't have the level that was rendered in Belgium you need <laughs> it in Angoulême and Angoulême need to send that and it's really you got everything crazy. in your head yeah and it's only it's sometimes like we've got great software called Hubsoft that's um, production management software, but um, stupid things can still happen because people are involved. So the other yeah. day we discovered a background wasn't painted. Oh. I'm like, how does this happen? And basically on Hubsoft it was approved in black and white, but then the person who approved it didn't assign it to the next stage to be painted. Yeah. And so we went, oh, okay. So even with the best software you can possibly have, there's a human yeah. level. <laughs> so that, that's so is there it. a lot of shouting and... Yeah, it's stressful. It's insanely yeah. stressful sometimes, and probably. How's the Irish you know, temper? Uh, terrible. I have the worst. I'm an absolute. I'm sure they all hate me because I'm really <laughs> bad temper. And the production manager, uh, we had line producer Katja Bezmenski from France, and production manager uh, Camille Leganza. She's an American girl, yeah. and uh, yeah, they'd probably tell you stories about my <laughs> fiery, hot-headed, er, stubborn Irish temper. But sure, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Uh, you'll go down in the history books as a genius, uh, I um, guess. It, yeah. It's like if it's any way decent. Is it like the Richard Williams thing, where <laughs> it's like the far from it. I don't think anyone. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go down in the history books as a genius. Just a stressed <laughs> out asshole. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, y- you don't, or do you? Do you have you ever animate anymore? Yeah, it's like really. That? I mean, I animated. Uh, I was still animating commercials just right up until the start I was doing pieces of animation but over the years it's uh, become less and less my job and I've been more and more doing design and direction and, and that kind of stuff so um, on the actual movie I didn't do any animation didn't do any animation it was very no. sad no so it was all and it was kind of the type of thing where I wanted to but if I'd started to do that I would have dropped the ball in so many other places yeah. that I wouldn't have been able to focus on the scene and it probably would have been crappy so yeah. that was a big disappointment for me but on the other hand I got to be the overall director and 
and worked it. You just some... slip something in somehow. Yeah, but it would just look shit, I'd say, <laughs> everybody else's stuff. <laughs> Sometimes you do this really thankless job of reanimating stuff that you're not happy with, yeah. where you take the scene that you don't like, but you can't, you know you can't get it out of the animator, and you go over it, and, uh, and uh, Fabian, who was the animation supervisor in Hungary, and Nora, did a lot of that and it, it's kind of strange because they don't they're not really animating the scene but they're actually the ones fixing it up the fork so yeah so if i were to ask you like 50 years from now that do you want to be remembered as a director or as, as an animator i hope it's a ca- cartoon oh i just hope nobody remembers me and they just <laughs> i hope that's not you don't want to leave a legacy or no i hope not <laughs> a bad smell <laughs> just yeah. leave a bad smell no i mean it's funny yeah it you do ask yourself that question sometimes and um I think I am more interested more and more in just a broad cartooning and like yeah. I, I, my heroes have changed from being people like Dick Williams to people being more like guys like Chris Ware and Jeff Smith and people like that so I don't even know those people. So Chris Ware is probably the best most <laughs> most amazing comic book artist working at the moment he oh. does real art comic books and uh, Jeff Smith is uh, the creator and and uh, uh, overall genius behind the Bone comic books and oh. uh, he was a, an animator and very similar history he had his own animation studio and everything like that I love the style of those yeah, yeah and, and I just think he's a really cool guy because he's real um, he's doing everything that I love about animation but uh, he's able to hone it down and make a tiny team of just himself and a colorist and his wife yeah. and, and they're making stories and they're getting them made and he doesn't have to lose his temper I guess with as many people <laughs> he can just lose his temper with two or three people so, so yeah. these people are your heroes now and that's yeah more and more I mean for me of course like, oh, I still love animation and I want to make more animated movies but um, I'm less and less enamoured with the whole hierarchy of animation I think it's all changing so much that it, like sometimes a 16 year old kid will come in and be like the best person for the job and, yeah. and it's not irritating I, that's inspiring too though it's nice you know I like to put a positive slant on it yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's very irritating <laughs> sometimes you know what I mean? does something with your ego <laughs> yeah yeah t- totally yeah totally yeah. so um, com- just going back to the whole studio thing do you think there could ever be like a Disney Pixar DreamWorks thing in in Europe or in Ireland perhaps <laughs> yeah I don't know it's funny isn't it like, there's Artman but they yeah, kind of the studio is is it still like a studio in England, or I, is I, it burnt down, right? No, that was just the archives. That was just was the, it? yeah. That's you. That was just the archives. I had a buddy who worked there oh. for a long time. In the papers, it said like the studio burnt down. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, well, you know, you don't really what they say in the papers. Don't. I mean, God. <laughs> no, no. There's a nice. It's a nice studio, and there's a nice atmosphere in Ireland. And, and uh, I think maybe they were of a time that they started. There was always a struggle for them, but I think because they started at a time before. TV stations became so poor that they couldn't completely commission something or whatever. They were able to build a little a little industry there in Bristol, yeah. and uh, it's it's lovely. Like it's like being in an art college. I visited a couple of times. Yeah, and it's big. It's huge. Yeah, they have two big buildings: one in Gasfree oh, really? Road, and then another one, an old another another old warehouse that I've never been to where they do the features. Because yeah. I had a friend working in commercials there, and I used to visit him once in a while. But um, yeah, no, I think that. Uh, I'd love to imagine that in Ireland we could do something on that scale and, and at different times that's been our, our plan let's let's have a really strong thing but it's very difficult because we're a tiny territory and uh, it's an unproven model so far yeah. so we'll and see and it seems like the Hollywood giants are pushing out more and more movies so yeah yeah and I don't think we can compete with those movies we have to do something really different I mean we need to look more at Ghibli or somewhere like that to, yeah. to imagine what kind of studio do you, we can do you have any kind of thoughts about why this why it's impossible to do stuff like that in Europe. 
I don't think it's impossible to do stuff like that in Europe. I think that the compromises you have to make to do, to say, stuff to that technical level, where I've seen that done in Europe and some productions, I think the compromises you have to make are so massive and you have to split the work up so much between different yeah. places. But I still, I, do, I can't say never because Les Amateurs at the moment are developing a feature with McGuff and the McGuff studio in France are doing stuff that's to me looks every bit as good as this. So with the right yeah. story and the right director, they can do something just as good. I'm certain of it, you know. Do you think there's like a whole thing with the, the culture in uh, in the US and how it's all organized and how they work? It's I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It seems like it, when, when you hear people from uh, Pixar talking about uh, how, how they work compared to how it is oh, yeah. working in Europe, yeah, it's just a totally different thing. And it seems like it's so organized and everything is just planned out and you and there's enough you money get to be so creative there's enough money for people to be um to be kind of secure in being the best ever lighting guy or the best you know they don't have yeah. to be a bit of everything and next week they have to be 2d artists and the following week they have to be so they, they've got guys who are like super experts at like rigging and lighting and all that stuff so yeah because over I here we so. need to basically do, do a bit of everything yeah and yeah. i think more as i get older now like i mean when i was younger i used to always imagine working in the big studios was like a an amazing thing as i get older yeah. I, i'm less interested in that special level of specialization i don't know why yeah. i'm just more used to the scrappy way of doing things here in europe i like it you know yeah. it's probably like being a a runner or something like that <laughs> your career career is done when yeah. you're 25 <laughs> that's it <man>. <laughs> <laughs> just worn out <laughs> i'm just worn out <laughs> worn out at 31 no no i'm gonna keep going <laughs> i'm just getting started you hear all these stories about them having like uh the, uh, uh, they can wash their clothes at the company yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Is yeah. that a good thing, necessarily? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I talked to Camille about it a little bit because she'd worked in, in Pixar and uh, it sounded like like a holiday camp to me at the time, uh, yeah. the way she it talked about isn't. it. Yeah, I don't know. It sounded amazing. <laughs> like they, they, have, they have their own booths. So. Yeah, this was great. And what's really funny for me, I visited the Keshkomit studio a lot when they were working on Brendan and I got the feeling that back in the communist days or just afterwards, that studio had a really nice atmosphere like that with a lot of artists and everybody knew their job and it was a nice feeling they have bathrooms in the studio and everything like that and uh, it seems like only when you're under a very secure uh, system where you know if you're going to have the same people year in year out that you can really get set up to the level that everybody's you know what I mean really a specialist yeah. and really comfortable in their position and yeah. they have their own booth and everything so <laughs> don't know if it's possible in Europe yeah. I think we're just uh Sorrow about not being able to work there. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, we prefer it here. We really do. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I like it like this. <laughs> I don't want to go there. So, uh, uh, a couple of words about uh, the animation business. Uh, uh, how has it changed the last 10, 15 years? And is it to a better? It probably is, but you know, what's the difference between working in animation today and 15 years ago? You think? I don't know. I get the. I mean, I've only really been working in animation for like maybe ten years. Like okay. working in animation because I was yeah. in college before that. So um, I think it's changed for the better artistically because you can do more and have more control with less people. I mean, definitely the next movie I make, I'll still want to do a two D, but I don't think I'd want to do it um, with paper anymore. You know, I think you'd have so much more control to do digital two D work. But on the production side, on the business side, it's getting harder and harder because. There's more and more content wanted for all the new platforms, but there's less and less money. So you don't get a simple deal where one broadcaster pays you for a whole series or something yeah. like that. So it's very difficult. I think I've kind of touched on this, but you made a 
like your few graphic novels in the past mm. uh, is that something you're gonna do again or yeah. do you think you're gonna just take a year off and do something like that yes is that something that's possible to do economically or yeah financially it's it's probably a little bit crazy but it's still something i would have an ambition to try and do i mean how um, much work is that because i have no idea how, how how much time would you have to spend on that uh, it all yeah it all depends i mean like what we've done before i haven't been really um the graphic novels I did before now I had to do part-time like yeah. as well as working in the studio and, yeah, yeah full colour but I had people working with me on the colour on the first one yeah. and uh, they weren't really they were work for hire graphic novels they were for a publisher in Ireland who wanted to publish some Irish language graphic novels and they tied in with our interest in medieval history and stuff. So how many copies did you sell? I don't know I don't know the business side of that at all okay. I mean I'm interested in Have you made any money on that stuff? Or? A little bit like if you were an individual it would be okay as well as yeah. doing other jobs but as a company, you had people it working sense. for you, like yeah, and stuff and yeah, yeah. They were that was one at the time. That was sort of the thing you could get people to do while you're waiting for the next commercial to start or whatever. But it was always, it was very really a struggle. And at the moment now, we're hoping to do um, a deal with uh, a French uh, comic book company, where yeah. I'm I'm hoping to do some uh, graphic novels based on stories around the film, um, like backstory and other stories that aren't in the script, and uh, that seems to be better paid. But we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> There's a bigger comic book culture in France and Belgium, so I think that's the way, place to look, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, you're attending uh, Frame by Frame today. Yeah. And you're going to say a few words about your yeah. company on the movie and everything, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's been a good warm-up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, could you say something about the importance of uh, these small festivals around the country? Do you travel to a lot of these? or? You know, it was always the deep Paul Young. <laughs> who went to these things because oh, he's really? kind of been the producer guy you know yeah. the, the the guy who went out to these things and uh, I just decided that I'd like to come to this one because it seemed like an interesting uh, animator focused festival and not, yeah. not, not too big and uh, overwhelming and stuff but uh, yeah I mean the festivals are really important like we had a little one in Kilkenny and I'd love to do it again and there's a lot of work to organise as well as running a studio and stuff like that so but uh, it's great because it keeps the community together and it reminds people that Everybody's kind of in the same boat and they're still going ahead and making yeah. stuff. And, you As know, I said to you uh, before we started up today, that it feels like the business is so small and the world is so small when, once you get to, to do these things. Yeah. And, and with the internet and blogs and everything, it's getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, everyone just knows each yeah, other. And, and it's lovely to meet people face to face that you've sort of read about or seen or heard yeah. about. And stuff, so that's cool. And uh, I'm just blown away by the, the Kurt Turns Evil. It was made for two million or so, and it looks great. So I can't wait to see the whole movie. And now I'm all inspired to do something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gonna be fun. We had a rap party yesterday, and you, you yeah. came. That was great. Yeah, it was places. really, really nice feeling, and I really liked the atmosphere. Yeah. You're lots of different people, um, and uh, seeing the little clips from it and stuff. It was an eye opener what you can do for so little money and still do something really nice, quality and funny. Yeah. You had fun at the party yesterday? Oh yeah, it was mighty. Yeah, it was yeah. a great crack. I was super tired. I'd been up since five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Have you? I was up at five. Oh, wow. the, I had to go from Kilkenny to Dublin, Dublin to yeah. Oslo and so on. So yeah. So, so did you get, get any sleep tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I went home reasonably early last night because I had a few beers and I was a bit wobbly. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I can still feel it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think we'll... Um, is there is there anything you want to tell people uh, or want to start up their own company 
stuff like that. Yeah, you know, the first thing you want to do is grab them and scream, "Don't, yeah. don't, you <laughs> mad <Don't> person!" <laughs> no, but I, it's that's really negative. No, I think that anybody who wants to do it, go for it. Just realize that it is a slog. You just yeah. have to be really, really determined to keep going, even whenever it really doesn't. And feel as you like said, easy. you you don't really animate anymore for the. For yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I suppose I could I could uh, organize things differently that I did animate more, but then I would have to give up something else. And so yeah. until I'm prepared to give up the directing and design and the overall stuff, I guess I'm not going to do that. So yeah, that's something to bear in mind that there yeah. will be sacrifices. And exactly. nearly everybody I know who set up their own studio has found themselves doing a little bit more of what they don't want to do. But I'm lucky. I've got good partners. Ross and Paul take care of a lot of business stuff, so I'm lucky. You probably have to kind of decide that do you if you want to be an animator or you want to be a director or a yeah, producer. Yeah, I think... But you can't be all of them. It depends on who you are. I mean, what's awesome is there are some people, and uh, they're amazing people, but there are some people who are able to design the projects in such a clever way that they actually are the director and the animator and, and oh. everything on, on the project. But then, you know, you give up other things at the same time. Too, so. Like sleep and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, you say this is this is like a theme that is, that's, that's a standard question kind of but the the whole uh, deal with the storytelling versus visual appearance and yeah what's your take on that yeah um yeah i mean i you know I, it's story really is king yeah blah, blah, everyone blah. says that yeah story is king and it is kind of true but the, it's what's is interesting it? yeah <laughs> what's interesting for me is is like it is and then sometimes you get films that are so like what I'm thinking about for the next film that I'm working on now, we're just doing like a lot of story work and stuff at the moment. Is that you look at nice movies like Jungle Book and stuff, yeah. where the story's there, but it's just a clothesline to pin a lot of uh, fun stuff on. Yeah. And if the fun stuff is fun enough, and the characters are rich enough and interesting enough, and the music is good enough and all, I mean, I can't say that I like the Jungle Book less than something that has maybe a better. Like the climax in the Jungle Book, from a pure story point of view, is a bit weak, you know. Yeah. or something amazing like Pinocchio which like inspired me as a kid to be an animator and then whenever you learn about story you go it makes no fucking sense I mean how did he drown he was walking around underwater a minute ago and now we're crying because he seems to be after drowning yeah. and you're like that doesn't, it doesn't make, any, make sense it doesn't make any and it just worked. <laughs> he just got carried along and whether it was Walt yeah. Disney or whoever the heck it was yeah. who had enough skill to carry you along and you and you cared about it at, yeah. at each stage so, it worked. so it's, it's a weird blend and on the other hand what frustrates me sometimes is people love some of the Miyazaki stuff and I love it all visually but sometimes it loses me because the story is so loose so I just think you have to get the balance right you know yeah uh, it's like uh, what about movies like um, uh, I guess the best best example is uh, The Thief and the Cobbler cause yeah like because it's the story is really it's not really, really fair it's not really honest. fair to judge that movie and I, I mean that was a huge inspiration for me because I was really a pyrotechnician I suppose I was just like oh my god the animation is amazing and the design yeah. is amazing I could watch little bits of it and be blown away every yeah. time and I, as an animator at the time or as an animation student that was really impressive and I loved the design I mean I just loved the design of it and I was inspired by the whole history of it and it, the whole package so I'd love to have seen what would have happened if he managed to m finish it all to colour and worked with a good editor I wonder would it have been visually stunning enough to have been one of those Jungle Book type movies that you know yeah. you could enjoy just by going from one plot point to another through beautiful yeah. visual means. But maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And certainly for me, the older I get, the less interested I am in that pyrotechnics. And I would rather watch a really good story with a very simple design like Persepolis or something like that yeah. than 
a, a really amazing virtuoso DreamWorks yeah. uh, CG movie with kind of just the same old wisecracking sidekicks and just don't interest me anymore. So, did but I'm not see, the audience, um, you know. Did you see Horton Hears the Who? I haven't seen that yet. No, yeah. I'd like to see that. So that's kind of interesting in that sense because it's the all the all the bits are so perfect in many ways. Right. Like the animation is like the best animation you've ever wow. seen. Wow, I'd love to see and, that. And. Uh, the voice acting is absolutely great. Oh, wow. The guy from the American office. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, Steve Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, funny. Guy. And but there, there was kind of like, when you when you when when I saw it at the at the cinema, I had so, the, the expectations were so high because I had yeah. seen all these clips. And, yeah. And um, as a whole, it kind of worked, mm. worked, but it, it was worth it anyway because as an animator, I watched... Yeah, yeah. Other things than. Uh, I think it's when you think about the audience too. Like it depends on the audience. Like this is why I really like comics because the thing for me with comics is that they're not such an investment. If you put a lot of uh, energy, it's only one person. You're not putting a lot of money and time and people into it. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's your gamble. You know what I mean? The thing that's frustrating with animation is you have to bring so many people along, investors, financiers, very worried executive type people. Also, you have to ask a lot of animators and people to invest in themselves. And yeah. if in the end you don't have something that works on a lot of levels, it, you've let a lot of people down, which is really disappointing. So yeah. I, I think that's why maybe I'm a little bit more interested in comics now because they're a bit more... Um, there's more chance to experiment and, and go wrong and go, oh, well, I went wrong, you know. Yeah, these all these movies are basically gambling gambles. Yeah, yeah. and you really, and, and people try to lessen the odds by taking less risks and then you end up with something kind of boring because there's yeah. the only place that people can really seem to invest themselves in is individuals yeah. because they don't have control over doing anything very interesting with the story. So yeah. I think what's really fascinating to me is things like Kurt Turns Evil because if you can make a movie now for that kind of budget, yeah. you're probably going to get to a place where in the next five or six years you can take more and more risks yeah. and uh, I, like I love seeing a movie like Persepolis getting made I yeah. just I just think that's great because it's, it's just completely different it's been a big success too yeah and I just can't help but say I still prefer the comic books <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> that's just me though I don't know but Sorry. I think it, it reaches the audience it reaches a bigger audience and maybe it's a little bit more powerful with music and everything like that but I think sh- she she uh, maybe just lost a little bit of that personal connection when you're reading the book you knew she drew it and it was her story and that was all it, you know yeah. what I mean so. it's like reading the book first or seeing the movie first oh it's the worst thing to do I know yeah, if yeah. people discovered that Persopolis the movie first they'd have a different yeah. perception of it than pe- comic book fans who read the comics so. I think we have to close this, close this thing uh, all right. to an end okay. pretty soon but um, I had a couple of uh, either or questions for you like for fun, fun questions <laughs> okay so, um, <laughs> Disney or Miyazaki? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> um, post to post or straight ahead? Post to post. Yeah. Ones or twos? Twos. Wow. Um, uh, directing or animating? Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> directing, I think. Michael Bay or in- Ingrid uh, in- Ingmar Bergman. Ingmar Bergman. Was <laughs> <laughs> that your answer? Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, pegs on top on peg or pegs on bottom? <laughs> pegs on the bottom, even though <laughs> it hurts your wrist. <laughs> um, and last, uh, you two or the Dubliners? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> You too, it's a boss. Good. Thank you for coming. All right, thank you. It was great. That was very fun.
that was the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Tom for doing the interview. And you should all be looking out for Brandon and the Secret Locales. Because I've seen clips and it looks absolutely stunning. On the next Animation Conversation podcast, we will have another roundtable podcast. And for the first time, I have managed to grab a hold of a girl. Extremely exciting. That's it for now. Please read the show notes and send us emails. Until next time, have fun and animate.